This is another week of Friends Friday. You have Pastor Nick and Pastor Jeremy welcoming you back. We're so thankful that you are listening to us. This is going to be the third and final week on discipleship. So we wanted to kind of quickly go over the previous two weeks. So Jeremy, week one, if you remember, we talked about coming to Jesus. What does that mean to you, coming to Jesus? Yeah, coming to Jesus uh, really means to surrender. I think that's that's the word that I, I often think about uh, when I think of that. Um, learning how to surrender ourselves, surrender our own desires, our own wants, our own needs, and looking at it from the perspective of really who Christ is calling me to, calling me to something higher than I was before. And the way we do that is really surrendering and, you know, kind of, I, I like the image of, of um, coming to our knees, you know, bowing at the feet of Jesus uh, in surrender. So uh, I think that's, that's the biggest thing when I, when I think of, of coming to Jesus. And how do we help someone else come to Jesus? Because that's kind of the big theme that we've been working on here is not only how do we do it in our own life, but how do we help other people do this? Yeah. So when we help other people come to Jesus, it's really, uh, you know, you know, as we understand for personally how we come to Jesus, understanding who Jesus is for us personally, then we are able to help others and walk other people through that. And so it really is um, doing life with them, yeah. right? Understanding who they are, um, making sure that, that we love them, we care for them, and we value them, uh, and, and, and just help show them how much Jesus loves them, most importantly, and, and, and just doing that by the way we live our lives, doing that by, through our actions, not always the way, you know, it's important to speak to them uh, and, and share the message of Christ, but also to do that in the way we, we live, I think is, is most important. And so week two, we talked about following Jesus. So to you, what would the difference be, if you remember our conversations, the difference between coming to Jesus and following Jesus? Yeah, so um, I think the difference, when we follow Jesus, there is, it, it's, it's this understanding that it's a lifelong process. When we come to Jesus, um, there is this initial commitment that we make, this initial recognition that, okay, I know who Jesus is. I'm going to choose to accept him as Lord and Savior. The following part is everything after that, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that is understanding that this life is hard. We're going to experience difficulties. But we are going to remember that initial recognition of who Jesus is and continue to follow him and follow what he. And, you know, there's a lot of practical things that we've talked about in the past, like reading scripture and prayer and um, just fellowship with other believers. And, and, you know, then we go through the whole idea of having someone above us, having someone below us to help other people follow him, but then also having people side by side us, you know, really going through life with us. And so, you know, there's a whole process to that, that we kind of discussed last week. Yeah. And so, I mean, as we get started, I feel like I just need to be honest to our listeners and it's that I'm annoyed, I'm annoyed with Jeremy right now. We're on take three because he couldn't get his act together. So we've been spending the last like 15 minutes just trying to get this down. And he finally did it. So I'm going to give him a little round of applause here. <laughs> Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Dick. All right. I, I appreciate the honesty because uh, 
I'm not always perfect, and I I struggle. Oh my! But I'm learning. <laughs> this guy. All right. If you remember, our big phrase, right, with the discipleship, has been um, to be with him, to learn from him, to be like him. So to be with him was to come to Jesus. To learn from him is the following him, right? So we're coming to Jesus, so we're with him. And now we're learning from him the following because we're giving our life to him. But now in this, I will make you fishers of men, that's the part where we get to be like him. Because that's our end goal of discipleship is to make people be like Jesus. And it's this entire process. And so as we kind of get started, we want to look at now, this is the shift, even in just this one sentence, the come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The come and follow him, the first two parts, it's on us, right? He's calling us to do this. This is, this is his command for us. And then he's closing it now with, I will make you fishers of men, that this is his response to us and how he's going to help us. Does that kind of make sense, Jeremy? You think we're on the same page here now? Oh, we, we are on the same page, exactly. And, and I think that's, you know, especially as we've been walking through this process and understanding that the first two weeks have been this idea of, of really, we have, a, we have an obligation to kind of answer to this call. And we have a step to take. And because of that answer, we are able then to see what God can do through us when we are willing, when we submit to him and his call in our life. And so that is really what we will be talking about this week is, is really what he can do then through that and what we can see take place. And, and really that example of um, Jesus calling ordinary fishermen, right? And seeing what, what they did because of that and really becoming the first, the early apostles of the church and, and just seeing how incredible but, but just that happened because uh, they understood who Jesus was and what they were calling him to. And Jesus took care of the rest after that point. So, yeah. Yeah. So when we look at this, let's, let's break it down. We're going to break it down into these two phrases. Now that I will make you and then fishers are men. So I will make you, what do we, what do you think, or I guess kind of even maybe in what you've been reading about as we kind of prepared for this podcast, our conversations, what do we think this I will make you sort of means just to us as just regular Christians? Yeah, well, I, I think it, it ultimately, it helps us understand who we are and what we are called to. And because I think there is, that word make stands out to me um, because there is, there is a transformation that takes place in that. And so when we understand what Jesus is calling us to, he is able then to transform us into to, to somebody where then the spirit is calling us to that. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I think too, what's really important is understanding now that this is our individual own life, but this is God's promise to us. He's saying, I will, I will make you right. This isn't that I might make you, or you must make yourself like Jesus, right? In this entire process, this is him saying now that he's going to do this for us, that as we 
come and follow him, he's going to make us into who he needs us to be, right? When we step into what we believe God has called us to do, there's still doubts, right? There was, I didn't know, like even in my own life, I, there weren't things I wasn't sure if I could do, but I've watched God help me grow tremendously in those areas where I thought there was doubt and lacking. But as I came and followed him and he made it clear to me what I was supposed to do, right? When, when I wasn't sure, or I didn't enjoy it as much, he didn't give me those giftings. But when I found what I was passionate about and what God had created me to be, he started to fulfill all those areas in my life that I needed to grow. And he was making me into who he needed me to be. And he will continuously do that because it wasn't, it wasn't the past tense. But this is, this is more of like a future tense of I will make you right. A continual process of him making us. Right. And I, I think too, if, if we look at who he was talking to in that time and, and how much we can relate to that, just yeah. understanding that these are really, I mean, they're, they're ordinary average men. They, they were not special, right? These weren't the, the Pharisees of that day. They weren't religious leaders. They weren't um, teachers of the law in any kind of way. These were fishermen. But who he was specifically talking that really shines throughout the New Testament is Peter. And just what he was able to do when he leaned into God's call for his life and he really accepted the Holy Spirit's working in his life. And, and I think that's such, I, I don't know, at least for me, and I, I hope for, for many of us and for you, Nick, that's so encouraging because we look at someone like Peter and a lot of times we think of, of who he, who he was at the end of his life, but understanding that at the beginning of his call, he was just, he was no one special, right? And that process that of that, I will make you, you know, it, it was a journey and, and, that took several years of being with Jesus and understanding him and, and, and continuing to know him and, and, and deepen a relationship with him that really gave him this extraordinary and, and incredible call where he changed many lives. But again, it's not because he was any special, but it's because he allowed Christ to use him in ways and, and just let him take over, lay down his own life and his own selfish desires and let Christ take over. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what we're called to. And by I will make you, that's exactly what we have to do is, is let God use us in. Yeah, just let God use us, I guess. Well, and two, I kind of, I like the order of it, right? The come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It was like the, it, it wasn't I will make you fishers of men and then you can come follow me, right? We come to Jesus as we are. Right. No matter how far we feel from him, it's always available. It's available for anyone and everyone. Right. But understanding now that when you come and you follow him, there's going to be a lot of things you have to wrestle with to get to the place where he needs you to be. But understanding that it's all worth it, because as you do that, he's promising, I will make you. Mm -hmm. Right. He's going to make us and create us how he wants us to. So it's all part sort of of his plan that he has for us because we are his children. So we're not talking about he's going to create us here. We believe God created us in the beginning, but this is going to be Jesus sort of coming alongside us in our walk of coming and following Jesus, following God. He's going to show up and he is going to finish that with us. Yeah. And, and I really, I like that because it really is, it's a future promise that we are being molded into. And I think a lot of times if I'm being honest, 
even in the last couple of weeks, there's been moments in my own life where I, I try to fast forward like 10 years down the road and just try to picture like what I'm doing and, and what, what God is using me for. But that can be a really dangerous thing to do because the process is what matters. Like if, if in 10 years, I'm, I'm, I guess, you know, fantasizing about what God can use me for, that'll never come true because I'm too focused on what's, ha- what, what, what's going to happen in the future and not in the process of how God's going to get me to that future. Right. So it's, it's just understanding that there is a future that God is taking us to, but we get there by allowing him to, to mold us, to continue to change us and sanctify us and transform us into what he's going to make us in. But it, again, it's, it's just, it's a process and we have to be patient and, and just, uh, accept that, I guess. Well, in our, even in our own, like just side personal conversations, I think we were having this, I want to say like two weeks ago, we were kind of talking even just how in our own life, this is a process that we can't rush, right? right. Coming right out of college, we kind of watched, like, I know for me, like I watched some of our friends get like lead pastor jobs right out the gate. And I went and I was sports and children's pastor for a couple years and it was just kind of wondering of like, why did I not get like a lead pastor? Like, why was I not like as considered or as favored um, or as pushed? But, but understanding now this process of like how much I learned, how much I grew as a person over these past three years. And so just even at times like doubting God of like why I'm not good enough or where is he? Why is this sort of happening? But understanding now that as I continue to just grow follow him, I became a totally just different person over my past three years um, as he was sort of making me and equipping me by learning from some other pastors. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I think, I mean, I definitely can relate to that. I think many people can relate to that. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, it is funny because that is the word that I, uh, just the patience, Right. Learning to be patient in where God has placed us and understanding that he has he has placed us here for a time such as this. And and I think it, it really is important to understand that. OK, I may not I, I mean, I may not fully understand why I'm here, but I know that God is 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 using me for something specific, mm-hmm. for a specific purpose, even in this time. And I am learning and I'm growing to be something greater in which God will use me in the future. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to emphasize again, I don't know, I don't know why, but I was just sitting here thinking for this, I will make you part. It has to, this comes after the coming and following Jesus, that those are the two most important things of what must happen first. So if you're sitting there wondering why God isn't um, sort of like showing you what his clear path is, or just understanding like why he's not sort of transforming your life or things like that, just continue to sit in the coming to him and following him, growing your own personal life to get to a place where you are ready to be molded and understanding like, you know what? I don't know everything. I'm not as great as I thought I was, you know, it's going to take some time, this process with God. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I think my favorite part of this podcast that makes me feel so good is when I say something and you just say, yeah, that's good stuff. Well, it is. I got it. It really just fires me up, man. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, is <laughs> that good stuff? 
Do you want me to say no? It's like no, I'm just kidding. But no, it is. It really is. Uh, you've said better stuff. Well, and here's the thing, Nick. This is why I'm saying this too, because for those that don't know, there is a bit of an age gap between us. Not a huge one, but there's a few years apart. And so Nick's got a lot of wisdom here. And so I, I, I want you to know that I'm learning from you just as much as as our listeners are. So I really do mean that when I oh, say. Oh shucks. Like yeah. <laughs> No, but so I just, I think that this, and I know we say, I think a lot because we just, when we, when we share our wisdom, we don't want you to just kind of listen to this and accept this as your own personal beliefs or anything like that. We want you to do your own research, your own digging and understanding wrestling with God. We're just here to sort of help people along in this journey called life. Yeah. But I do think, and I'm thankful that Jesus walks alongside us with this promise of he will make us fishers of men. He's going to, he's going to make it personal to us, kind of like his call of making them fishers of men was to them. But, but for you, Jeremy, do you have an example in your life? And you can say off the top of your head, you don't know, cause I'm, I'm pulling in this question at you randomly. Yeah. Do you have an example of this? I will make you in your own life. Um, <clears throat> I think I do. And it's funny because I don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out, but, uh, I remember, um, in college, I think my freshman year, uh, excuse me. Um, my, my freshman year in college, I had a, a professor and staff member who I admired uh, very well. And I remember she kind of encouraged me with this, this word, uh, evangelize. And she said, she kind of just, you know, let me know and just thought that, you know, I think God's going to use you to, to evangelize. And that was the first part, right. And I was in college, I was brand new, I mean, I was still immature, even in my walk at times and didn't really know what I was, I was really doing and still trying to figure out my own call into ministry and stuff. But, but that, that call or that kind of thing that she, she shared with me, I think was, I don't know, it was a powerful moment for me because it, it just, it, it, it gave substance to what God was calling me to and really mm -hmm. gave substance that there was something that he was making me for and really creating me for and and this purpose that he was he was giving me and and that that word uh just kind of stuck with me throughout my college years and uh has really um just helped me understand what it means to for me you know be in ministry and and minister to to others and understand that there is a hope in this world and we are called to um, share that hope with others and share the message uh, of Jesus Christ. And for that, just understanding that that's part of what God is, is calling me to and, and creating me to is just, um, a very significant moment in my life. I think. Mm -hmm. Man, for me, I got, I got a couple, I think of, um, my parents informed me that I didn't really speak until the age of about five. And I even went just to speech therapy and and all these things sort of as a kid. And so now just someone who wouldn't speak, right, uh, every day. So I lived in Canada through second grade. 
And so every day, kindergarten through second grade, um, I like you would have to line up, right? It was a kindergarten through eighth grade, I want to say, school. And every class would line up outside before, like, so if you got there early, you'd just be outside playing, you would line up outside, then you would walk into your class. And every day we would walk to school, and then my parents would, I'd see them walking away, and I would just go running, crying to them. Every single day, three years, that was me. I was that dude. But kind of like looking back on that, like this kid who didn't speak to me was five, right? This kid who cried every single day. Now my job is literally bringing people to God where I stand on a platform and preach about him like every week. And then also too, of just finishing school, I, I was not the most like organized uh, overall thing, but then all of a sudden I had this job where I had to run sports leagues, right? I'm planning all these events for like hundreds of people coming to, and just the organization, the people that he surrounded me with, right? I think that's part of the process of how he makes us is that mentor we were talking about. Uh, if he had paired me with this guy who was um, just the business manager for a multi-million dollar like construction company of, of he worked with me for two years. And so just kind of getting to learn from him. And so he kind of surrounds us with these people and helps us grow it all of those areas is just kind of this process of he begins to equip you to what he needs you to be. Well, I'm glad you finished and I started because yours, yours was good stuff. Was it, would you say good stuff? <laughs> yep. No, I did. <laughs> he, was, he was fighting the urge to say yeah, good stuff. I was trying to think of something else, but I couldn't, I couldn't because it was, you know, what can I say? <laughs> well, but so, so the, the I will make you, I do, I do think there's a second part to it. And I know we talked almost kind of distinguishing it, but I do think God creating us as a play in Jesus making us as well, helping us find our calls. How did you go about sort of identifying some gifts and abilities in your own personal life that sort of helped you identify your position for your call? Well, I think the first thing I think about is and, and I, I'm going to say this because I want our listeners to really pray for this as well is because there's a lot of times when I think we're not always aware of the gifts that God has given us a lot of times and we need mm-hmm. someone to pour into us. And even just like we've been telling us, right, someone who's a, a mentoring us or, or a going through life with us to just kind of pour into us and encourage us. And because that's when I first, uh, I mean, I had that a lot in college, which I was so blessed by really God is, is, is just but very, uh, just, he blessed me with, with a lot of people to just kind of encourage me and, and kind of shape me into this call. And so I say that to just pray for that, because that's how it happened for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the biggest word that I think of is passion. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that kind of poured that and just like so many different individuals shared that word with me. And it was so, uh, I think important for me because you know, and it's not, it's not in it. In when you think of the gifts and the abilities that God's given you, it's, I, I don't know. I think uh, there's this battle between fighting the urge of, am I being arrogant? Am I being too like big headed? Or is this what God's really, you know, who's created me to be and stuff and stuff. But I think it's really important to understand that there are gifts and abilities that, that God has given each of us. And, um, you know, so for me, people pouring into to that and encouraging me and 
and sharing those with me is really how I've been able to discover a lot of times uh, what he's he's gifted me with. Uh, and and I, like I said, passion, I think was the word that I over college was the big word that people would share with me and stuff. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I do think people play an important part of letting you know just what some of your gifts and abilities are. But for me, one thing I started to realize, like as I was considering going into ministry is this weird, like, I don't even know if it was like a gift or just an ability, even through high school, people would just open up to me. Like it was weird. And like, I would just kind of be sitting there, like we would just be having a normal conversation. Then all of a sudden it would get real deep. And then all of a sudden it would stop, just kind of look at me and be like, I've never told anyone. I can't believe I just told you that. Why did I just tell you that? And I was like, I don't know, but, but I won't, (laughs) I won't tell anyone. Yeah. But that was just kind of this like, okay, like people just trust me. And now obviously with the title pastor, it just kind of happens. They just start pouring their life out to you. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. Yeah. Right. And, but just kind of starting to identify those things that make you sort of stand. I was just like, that's how God created you. Right. And understanding that and allowing Jesus to run with that. And this making you a fisher of men. Mm. well and so for the 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 next point of that right if we continue on from this i will make you the next part is fisher of men and so nick just uh explaining this this point as we kind of start to dive into this next point of a fisher uh fisherman what what would you like to to share about this and uh to start off yeah that's good stuff <laughs> i was actually i was actually about to say i think this is a great move to our next point here so you uh, you took the lead <laughs> when we look at fishermen though right we're looking now at, at you were talking about these ordinary people so these are people who just did their life they just did their job this was a job that was not cool it wasn't the highest pain um it wasn't for the well-educated Right? This was a job that just had to be done by people. So people just did it. They would spend all night kind of fishing, prepping, all that. And when I was reading, it was, this was almost more of a life. It became a lifestyle. This wasn't just a job where you did it for a little bit and then went home, hung out with your family. But this was pretty much your way of life almost. So this is now Jesus speaking to these, like you said, ordinary people. Now, and this kind of almost begins to help us see who he's speaking to, right? I'm big on always knowing your audience and, and the author. So who's, who's speaking, who's writing, and who are they talking to? Because it really starts to help us get an understanding of what we need to look at in just this small little phrase. Yeah, and um, I think there were, yeah. I think there were three kind of main questions that we, we kind of digested through, or I don't know if that's the right word for that, but just kind of worked through as we were going through this Mm -hmm. Um, really because when we are learning to understand our audience and, and who we are trying to catch, so to speak, as Jesus is using this analogy is, you know, catching fish, um, really the three questions are 
Well, understanding where they are, who they are, and what will hook them. So those three questions are, where are they? Who are they? And what will hook them? Mm. Because I think it's it's important for us to understand, I mean, who is it that Jesus is calling us to go make or, or go catch? And so I think as we kind of are dissecting these three questions, the first one being, where are they? And the second one being, who are they? I think a lot of times can go hand in hand, right? And and for me, uh, well, first, Nick, let's see what... what where are they and who are they? I mean, who are we Who are we called to, to go after? Um, there may be an obvious answer, but I mean, really, I think it's so important to to understand these two questions because yeah. this is who we're called to, to go after. So, so yeah, yep. I mean, you said start with who, correct? That's where. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. Who this is what we've been talking about, even just these past two weeks, is that Jesus is for everyone. We always kind of have this phrase, right? You learn it in, like I learned in some of my marketing classes, is you can't be all things to all people. And in a sense, as a church, as humans, you can't always be all things to all people. But Jesus is all things to all people. So I would say that those are the fish that we are going after, is that it is literally for anyone and every one right we aren't just we aren't picking and choosing we aren't like oh this big fish will help our church Ooh, i would love to have this fish in my life hopefully we can be friends or something like that but this is for all excuse me all people i want to say fish but it just kind of sounds weird this is for all people yeah yeah well and i think you know, is we're going through, you know, this verse is obviously Matthew 4, 19, the, the verse that we've been just kind of dissecting throughout these last few weeks. But Luke, Luke's um, I, version of, of the gospel, the gospel, according to Luke, really, he kind of, you know, shares the same story. But at the end of his, when Jesus is, is calling these, he says that I will sort these fish out later, right? He said, you know, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men and I will sort them out later. And so really just emphasizing your point, Nick, when we are called to to catch these fish or whatever, it's it's for all people. And it's 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 Jesus's job to write sort out who is who and what is what. Right. Because our job is just to proclaim and share the message of Jesus. To all people, not the people that look like us, not the people we think we should, not the people that um, have the same jobs or the same occupations as us or whatever mm-hmm. these things are. Right. I mean, more more than most importantly, Jesus is calling us to go after the people that are different from us and the, the ones that are are most difficult to go after, because that's what we're called to do as Christians. And I mean, that's. I was sharing to our youth one, one week, just this idea that guys, if you think the kingdom of God, and if you think eternity is going to look like everybody that looks like you, you got another thing coming from you. The kingdom of God is filled with all nations, all races, all different types of people. And that's exactly what we are called to is, is, is unity in that sense. And so Mm -hmm. that's who we're called to is everyone. And and really, I mean, I, I, See, it's it's so obvious, right? That answer is so obvious. But I mean, when 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 push comes to shove, 
And when you are really challenged face to face with someone that doesn't look like you, doesn't talk like you, and maybe kind of gets under your skin a little bit and understanding that that's the exact same person. That is the person right there that I'm called to minister to, to serve and to go after, because that's exactly who Jesus would go after. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it's, it's not defined by a, a specific type of person. Yeah. And just kind of going off of that, when we're talking about the I will make you. Right. This is the part now where he's talking to the fishermen so that I will make you fishers of men. When you're fishing, you need to know the fish. You need to know where they are. Right. Kind of even the depths you need to fish at. You need to understand what type of bait you need to use, where they are, those types of things. When he's making us, he's also sort of giving us this knowledge about who we're going to go be catching. Mm. Right. He's going to be helping us. He's going to be equipping us like we were talking about of understanding where we need to be to get there or in terms of fishing. You kind of have to, you can't just keep going to your favorite spot, yep. right? Your little small pond in the backyard. You can't just keep going there. Mm. We got to start going to some bigger ponds to get some bigger fish. And understanding that as you catch bigger fish, there's going to be some other small ones right along the way yeah. that you tend to catch, right? We can't just keep going after who we want, thinking this is best for our church. If we get these people, we need to start being all things to all people in and so just having that mindset of Jesus continually feeding us and letting us know where we need to go to do this more efficiently. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think that it's a great point because it emphasizes not only that it's everyone, but it's everywhere, right? Everywhere we go, it's in your families, it's in your work, it's in the grocery store, the you know, wherever you go, they're there. It could be someone that you know super well, or it could be someone that you just met on the side of the road and, and you just, you know, offer a prayer for them, whatever it may be. But this is, I mean, this is, this is the call of God. And, and I think of the early church and I think of the, the apostles and the way they did ministry, just traveling to different churches. Some of these guys like Paul and Peter and just really, um, really, that was their job. I mean, the ends of the earth, that's what Jesus called them to. And that is what they lived their life doing, that they were called to go and make disciples reaching the ends of the earth. And, you know, it's kind of cool because at, at, at the end of Acts, the book of Acts, it's almost as if Paul kind of achieved his goal, so to speak, by reaching Rome. When he reached Rome, that was kind of his, his big accomplishment, so to speak, because he was that was kind of their ends to the earth, so to speak, or whatever. And so, I mean, honestly, if we think of it, like, what is our end of the earth? You know, what is God really calling us to? And what is he trying to stretch us to? What is going to push our comfort zone? What is going to make us go out and really catch these fish in all different areas, like we've been saying? Because that is, that's what we, I mean, if you are comfortable where you're at, and if you are comfortable going to, to, doing the same things, going through the same routine, there's, there's got to be a wake-up call there because following Christ is not supposed to be comfortable all the time. That's not what he's calling us to. He's calling us to go out to all different parts of the world for all different types of people. And like I said, it could be your family, it could be your, your work or wherever, strangers, cousins, whatever it may be, but that's what he's calling us to. And he wants to stretch us to get us to that point. Yeah, there 
fish aren't going to come to your pond. You're going to have to go to their pond. That's right. A lot of times as churches, almost you kind of wait for people to walk through the door, right? Or you stay comfortable trying to take the people in your doors deeper. But in reality, we're called to go out to bring more people in. And a lot of times churches, oh, it doesn't matter about numbers, but like it kind of does because that's how many people's lives are being changed. If you have the right programs and things set up in motion and you're taking those people deeper, then yeah, it does kind of matter. Or because over the past, I don't know, I feel like there, however many years is, there's definitely been a change in people our age compared to what it used to be. And and I mean it in two ways. One, people don't just come to church anymore. They don't ever just really kind of wander in and be like, I just wanted to see what church was about. Mm. Or two, they didn't grow up in the church right back in the day. Like you always had, like, I know the people in your church um, probably grew up in church a bit older. Like, yeah, my parents, you always went to church was never an option. Right. Right? Like that's not a thing anymore. Mm hmm. Like they have way less even just introductory knowledge because they didn't even go to Sunday school or something like that. And we keep trying to catch these fish with this big knowledge of Jesus instead of trying to meet them where they're at yeah. or even taking a, like a, an approach of like, oh, they're so dumb. They don't even know this. Yeah. But understand we have to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so going to them, whatever that looks like, we can't just sit back and wait for like our, as you put it, when you pick two random people, strangers and cousins (laughs) of coming to us, wanting to initiate this faith conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think social media is what comes to mind when you're sharing that, because I think there's two ways that we can look at, look at that. Because if we are really trying to go after people, I mean, and especially, I think that's, I, I don't always like saying it too, but I mean, that is where our, we're just headed in that direction, social media. So we can look at that two ways. We can go find people and, and share the message of hope through social media, which is so important. But I think too, especially people for our generation, they're longing for something more than just what's on a screen. And so when we talk about meeting people where they're at, yes, social media is important, but it's also, man, how do I, How do I actually go to them face to face and really just have a relationship with this person? And really, what does it take and what does it look like to really? uh, Because, I mean, that's what that's what that's what that's what our generation needs. That's what all generation needs. And that's how the gospel is, is I feel like reached best is through relationship and really saying, how do we just embark on relationships with these people and just grow with them? And, and and help shepherd them and disciple them by meeting them where they're at, like we've been saying, and, and really just have this relationship with them where we can just love them, have fun with them, laugh with them, cry with them, mourn with them, grieve with them, right? This is what we are called to. And it is so important to do this. And, you know, like I said, it's it's social media can be a, a great way. I mean, even like that's what a lot of churchgoers now, they are, whether we like it or not, that's just kind of what's happening. A lot of people are watching church from, from home. But we also have to understand that as the body of believers, we are called to go out and to minister to people. And the best way we can do that is face-to-face, I guess. 
Yeah. So how now, how would you hook them? Yeah. Good question. You want to start or you want me to take it? <laughs> no, I'm just. I got um, it. No, I got it. I have a story. You have a story. Start yourself with a story. We're talking. We want to talk about how we stand out. I think that's the biggest way we can we can hook them because you want to make them curious, mm-hmm. right? You want them to see that there's something different about you. So, I was up in Canada. Okay, this past weekend, right? Tim Hortons, every corner, coffee, famous coffee donut shop up there. Never heard of it. Tim Hortons, every corner up there. Okay. It'll change your life. Okay. Good to know. And I'm in line for it, you know, because I have a girlfriend that loves coffee. So she was laying in her bed and said, I want coffee. Will you go pick it up for me? Like she texted (laughs) that to me because I was awake and I'm like, all right, I'll go. I'm a good person. (laughs) The line is all the way to the street. Okay. Which is typical. You'll see it even at Dunkin' Starbucks here. I'm in line. Okay. And it's all, it's kind of like it's curved around. So it's one way, like you have to come in this entrance, but it's this big plaza. So someone was coming in the other way, like the other entrance and then trying to get in line. This person, a couple cars in front of me and the line was kind of taking a little while. Like it was kind of long, literally stopped and let this person in. Mm. And I was like, I'm sitting back down. I said, excuse me. What are we doing? Then I realized, oh, yeah, I'm definitely the American in this Canadian line, aren't I? <laughs> like, is this a thing? Like, do people do this up here? Like, I get it. I grew up. I grew up. But, but man, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, but just even in that moment, like, that probably wasn't even a secondary thought to that person of letting them in. Right. But understanding that there's something different that just stands out to them, like something that simple. I'm going to remember for a lifetime because of how crazy I thought it was, mm-hmm. but it was different. And I was curious. Yeah. Something I, I, I think of, too, is. Is truth. I think our culture, especially America, well, honestly, any even well every part of the world is is on this quest this search for truth and there's i would say happiness and truth yeah okay happiness and truth yeah well and that's like i think that's 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 the issue is because there's there's this saying of like oh you know do your truth or whatever find your truth you know it's it's all about definitely speak your truth speak your truth whatever it is that's good stuff (laughs) Stop. No, but I think it's like the goal is to find it inward, right? You got to find your happiness inside of you, or you got to find your truth inside of you, or you got to find it in, in these other things. But when it comes down to it, because I feel like most people, especially, uh, well, people who call themselves Christians beforehand, they all, I feel like we can all agree that there was a search for that truth that we tried to find elsewhere, but we couldn't find it anywhere else. And so I say this, I say this because I am a full-fledged believer, Nick. I'm a full-fledged believer that if we truly give the truth and because I am, I believe that the truth is Jesus Christ, that he died 
He rose again, right? We know these things. He forgave us of our sins. If we proclaim that truth, if we speak it, if we show it by the way we live our lives, and that's a great example, right? Just letting someone else in line ahead of us, doing these little things that really show that, man, we are forgiven. And we have been showing this great love. And we are going to show that same love. Not this love that benefits ourselves, but a love that is, is focused on benefiting others first. When we show that kind of love, when we show that kind of truth, that kind of happiness, that is ultimately joy, when we show those things, I, I truly believe that's our hook. Because that is real. Mm-hmm. And in a world where all we see is superficial and all we see is fakeness, and all we see is 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 um, temporary substances that 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 don't give us true satisfaction. When we show, or when when we show truth that is real, people are going to be curious about that, and people mm. are going to be attracted to that because that's what they've been searching for. That's what we're all searching for. And I truly believe that is only found in Jesus. Man, I think that's a great ending point. You mind if I just read a verse and then close this discipleship podcast for us? Let's do it. Yeah. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So as we talk about discipleship, we've talked about coming before Jesus, humbling ourselves before Jesus, right? We've talked about following him, living a life like him. We are trying to be with him, to learn from him, to be like him. This like him is how we love one another. We've talked about how we can help people. How do we help people come to Jesus? How do we help people follow Jesus? How do we help people understand that Jesus will make you? How do we get them to that position? We love them. No doubt about it. Doesn't matter who they are, what they've done. We love them. We love them and we walk with them. We run with them. Yeah. At the end of the day, we just love them like Jesus did. And that is how people will know that we are disciples of Jesus. Yeah. And I think, yeah. It just ties it all together perfectly because when we come to Jesus, we have an understanding that we are loved. And when we have an understanding that we are loved because of Jesus, we follow him. We follow him in a relationship built and and built on love. And then when we go out, we understand we do that because we know we are loved. Mm. And that helps us love others even greater. I agree. I agree. Bro, I think this is a great ending point for discipleship. So how do I end a podcast? Should we do that ending again? <laughs> no, thank you for listening to us just go through discipleship, what we've been learning. And stay tuned as through the month of February with Valentine's right around the corner, we will be talking about love. We'll be looking at how God loves us, how we love God, how we love others, and just that type of thing. So thank you for listening to another week of Friends Friday.